You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Tonight, a curious high schooler visits an abandoned hospital. What exactly does she find looming in the dark? The comforting voice of Grandma beckons for her granddaughter, but Grandma says it wasn't me. A bar near Baltimore is a regular haunt for a former bartender, but what is he serving up now? And a little girl feels that she shouldn't have to share her kitty, especially with someone who isn't living. Those stories, your calls, and more tonight on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Good evening. Good evening. And how is your fine rainy day? Good. It's supposed to be pretty the rest of the week, though. I like the rain. I like the coolness of it. I like the kind of dreary fallness. I don't know. I love the. I like. I like it being not sunny this time of year. I can see that. You know, there's days where it's like when you go to the pumpkin patch. I like that. But overall, it doesn't have to be raining, but just I kind of like just the clouds. Sure. Wandering through a cemetery. You know, it, it, it brings back fond memories of being eight, wandering through a cemetery and scaring the people who are there visiting their deceased loved ones. <laughs> yes. I'm not making that up either. <laughs> That's the disturbing part. Uh, we got a little uh, feedback on uh, the Freddy Krueger doll. That uh, somebody had a story of the other night. Remember the Freddy Krueger doll where they pull it and then... Uh, yeah, uh, that's Jim and Walnut Grove. Yeah. yeah. Or G- Grim Jim on the forum. Grim Jim. And uh, one of the things that uh, Freddy uh, said, um, uh, in in a normal functioning Freddy would be, Hi, I'm Freddy. Welcome to Elm Street. Look out, Freddy's back. Let's be friends. Pleasant dreams. And ha ha ha. Those were the only things that were on the voice box. Okay. Grim Jims said, I'm going to skin you alive. And then never said it again. And he hadn't pulled the string for it to do that. It just did it on its own. Yeah. So that's rather creepy. It's very creepy. Because I was, I mean, that was my question of what, you know, is it on the voice box somewhere? Apparently not. So that's uh, that's comforting. It's one of those toys. If you find it in your um, parents' attic or something, be sure to pass it down to the kids and say, hey, have fun. (laughs) <laughs> and then just wait for the tears. <laughs> uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number to call in. If you're not an EPP yet, please become one. Uh, that uh, supports the show. It allows us to continue doing the show. Uh, so if you like the show, become an EPP and uh, help support. It's five bucks a month or you can do the year uh, uh, option right there. You make the one-time payment and you're an EPP for the entire 365-day span of a year and that equals about 52 bonus episodes sent to you once a week 
uh, as an EPP. And thank you if you already are an EPP. We do greatly appreciate that. Phone number, of course, like I said before, 855-853-4802. Let's go to one of those callers that have called in to share a real ghost story with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi. Hi guys, this is David Barnes from Rockland, Nevada. Um, first off, I want to uh, just tell you, uh, thank you for playing my song that, uh, what, a week and a half or two weeks ago? That was awesome. I really appreciated that. Um, you guys are, are great. And I also wanted to give a shout out to uh, those people that commented on it. I mean, I saw it on the forum, I saw it on the YouTube uh, comments. Um, I mean, that was really nice, really beautiful. Thank you. Uh, two, two names come to mind. It is Whispering Willow, I believe. Uh, thank you. And um, the other one is, uh, I believe, Lucy from, um, uh, if I get this right, uh, uh, I believe Nevada City, which I believe is right up Highway 20 off Highway 80. Then you go up there. And anyway, it's uh, really we're same neck of the woods. But that was really cool. Thank you. The story I wanted to say, I got to make it really quick. Um, I did a Ouija board thing once with my uh, my stepmother and well not my stepmother but almost my stepmother and my father and she was from New Zealand and the Ouija board spelled out Utu Utu like three times Utu 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 U-T-U and then it spelled out plane P-L-A-N-E and then the second one was P-L-A-N and then it was P-L-A-N-E again and then it said Mal it spelled Mal like three times M-A-L freaked her out she goes cause she's a world traveler she was a journalist she uh, told us afterwards, like, you know, Utu, she heard was some deity of some sort, which I've never looked it up, and I should, but this story just came to mind. And um, the planes she was about to take on our journalist, she was a world traveler, she um, actually, one of the, the planes that were in the chain of her flight path to go from there to there to there to back to New Zealand and back to the USA actually crashed. And she didn't go because of that Ouija board reading. So, anyway, that was my quick story. Um, Again, love to all you guys, um, community, all you guys. All right. Much love. Dave Barnes from Rockland County. Bye. All right, David. Thank you for the call. What in that Ouija board thing made her decide not to go on a plane? Well, it said it said some kind of deity's name, and then it said plane, and then it oh, said Oh, yeah, it's a plane. Yeah, okay. And... You know, Mal like malfunction or Mal is bad. Oh, or, so in this case, the demon helped. If it was a demon. If it was a demon. Uh, I don't know. Creepy. Very creepy. Nonetheless, 855-853-4802. That's the number to call into Real Ghost Stories online to share your real ghost story with us. Lise writes in, hey, you guys, I just wanted to start uh, with telling you guys that I love the show. I usually listen on long car rides or while working. I grew up in a small town in East Texas, but I remember always hearing about an abandoned hospital and a haunted park in the next town called Athens, Texas. It wasn't until I was a freshman in college attending the local community college there and driving around town that I finally found the building that once used to be the hospital. A quick history of the hospital. It was built in 1948 and an addition was added in 1980. The building closed two years later when new, more efficient hospitals were built. It hasn't been closed down for sanitation reasons or hauntings, like several people had said. The building is located in a neighborhood where the residents have every right to call the police if they see anyone walking around on the property. So the first time I saw it, I just drove around it and left. 
I did a couple of times after that, too. One day, I saw people outside of the building cleaning it. I was on uh, the student newspaper at the time and really wanted to write a story on the old hospital. I decided to ask someone and see if I could get the connections I needed for permission to go and look around. I thought, if they yell at me and say, no, well, I tried. I remember walking up to one of the guys, cleaning and asking what he was doing and if the owner was there. Unfortunately, he wasn't, but the guy talked to me a bit. He said that the owner wants to turn the building into a retirement community for veterans. I joked around and said that I had grown up hearing that the old building was haunted. The man looked at me with a straight face and said, Oh, yeah, there are several ghosts that haunt this place. I did not know what to say. The man kept going on saying that he'd allow for me to and some of my friends to stay a night just to see that he wasn't lying. Now, I would consider myself a skeptic on ghosts, but I still don't go around and purposely try and mess with them. Quickly assuring him that I'm taking his word for it, I asked if it would be okay if I could just look around. He told me it would be better if the owner was there or one of his sons was there and suggested I come back on another day. I went back about a week later, this time taking a friend with me. I'd felt uncomfortable being alone with just males that I didn't know around. We met with the owner's son and he took us through the building, starting with the third floor of the addition looking through the old patients' rooms and nurses' stations, what had used to be the ER, and traveling to the original structure to see the maternity ward and cafeteria. There was graffiti everywhere. Of course, we saw several pentagrams as we walked through the building. The owner's son went on to tell us how almost every night they find someone trying to break in. How when they first started cleaning, they would find several Ouija boards throughout the building and on the roof. One of the eerie parts is that the city had required that while the build was getting fixes, that the windows are boarded up. So, though it was bright daylight outside, it was pitch black inside the hallways. Well, in one of the patients' rooms, I couldn't shake off the feeling of being watched. But once we walked out the room, I was fine. In one of the operating rooms, I walked in and immediately got nervous. I felt the room had collected some energy over the years past, but as I stood there, I was scared and nervous, looking up and feeling as if I was being stared at right back. I felt like anyone who was having surgery would have felt like. And like the room before, as soon as I walked out of the room, I felt fine. I and my friend thanked the owner's son and left. That had been three years ago. And I haven't gone back since. Once again, the building is up for sale. It hasn't been decided what will be done with the old building. Many residents said it would be better if they tear down the building. I really hope they don't decide to do that because haunting or not, the building is part of the city's history. Though I don't see any signs of ghosts. I wouldn't doubt it being haunted. Also, while we were there, we learned that the city had cut off the electricity to the building due to an incident. Someone tried to steal copper from the building a few years back and ended up electrocuting themselves instead. That's all I have for you now. I hope to write back to you guys about my experience in the haunted park. But until then, keep up the good work. God bless you guys. Thanks for writing in, Lise. I am, too, an East Texas girl. I spent the first eight years of my life in White House, so I know where Athens is exactly. And, uh, I always have to ask when we get like letters saying East Texas and whatnot. I don't know if that that literally because it's such a big state. Yeah, if that like literally means kind of the area you're from, or if it's like I don't know because it's hard to tell. Well, East Texas is so. I mean, Texas in general is so big. Yeah. East Texas just you know it, 
it could almost be its own state. Sure. It's different. So anyway, no, it's just about almost anything okay. east of Dallas. But been through there. Um, did not see the hospital, but I pulled it up. It's the old H- Henderson County Memorial Hospital. It's kind of a neat building. It looks like an old plantation. It does. A very kind of... It looks like a plantation with really large, you know, wings yeah. that extend off of it. Like they hang people from the trees. That's nice. It does. It has trees like that, doesn't it? It's kind of like the conjuring trees. Those are just big old trees. I know. They're big old trees. <laughs> anyway. It's creepy. Yeah. It's very creepy. So, no, I haven't actually been to that building, but my grandparents used to live off of Lake Palestine down there, so we used to go back and forth kind of through that neck of the woods quite a bit. You know, when this building was like in its its prime day, mm-hmm. would it have been like really pristine looking? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like you would have seen it going, oh, that's really beautiful. I could see that. I'm just I'm look I'm just trying to vision it like both ways. I still think it's beautiful because now it looks kind of creepy. Despite you and your hanging people in the trees, <laughs> it it looks like like the cover of a a horror movie kind of with the boarded up windows. Yeah, it just asks for you to go in. Yeah, because when I I was picturing hospital, I'm picturing like you know sure big brick. It just know. looks like a mansion that's been added on. It to really it. does. I wonder if it was something of that nature originally. I don't know. I haven't done the research into how old it is. That's interesting. It's a good story and uh, interesting. Uh, it'd be interesting to find out if there's any, I mean, other than being a hospital, if there's anything else that's uh, connected with its history that they can pinpoint to where some of those ghosts may be coming from. Sure. You know, like a traumatic event or, or anything like that. Like an electrocution. Electrocution. <laughs> I was almost going to say, that's reason to keep the electricity on. Ew. <laughs> Well, people stealing things. Yeah. yeah, but then the poor unsuspecting person that takes care of the building comes yeah, in. Yeah, that's true. You and finds th- them. And that. They're like, that- what's going on? You touch the body and it's still touching the electricity and then they get shocked at it's you. It's like I say, you, you can't point. unsee certain things. And that's one of those things. That's true. It's kind of like a rat trap. That's gross. <laughs> Peanut butter. <laughs> it kind of is. Uh, 855-853-4802. That's our phone number. Let's go to another call. Hello. Good morning, afternoon, evening, Tony. Hello, Jenny. Hello, pair of peeps. <clears throat> this is Tim Z from Wilmington, North Carolina. So it is October. It's Ouija Awareness Month. And it is, I figure, well, the most important point, it, the NHL National Hockey League has started two days ago. So it is time, finally for my haunted ice rink story. Have a seat, Tony. <laughs> I told you about this, I don't know, months ago. Um, I uh, I hope everybody caught that blood moon um, last week, this week, last week. It was a blood moon and a, a full eclipse. It was awesome. Um, so I work at an ice rink. I've been there for 10 years. It was I actually helped build it. I put all the boards up and, and the glass and everything. So 10 years ago, we about to celebrate our 10-year anniversary this month. Um, This story probably happened, I don't know, a year ago, and it was with a couple trusted co-workers. Um, I believe it was at least two, possibly three people that experienced this. Now, it's a single sheet ice rink, a single sheet of ice. It's a small rink, no bleachers, snack bar. There's a snack bar, there's a pro shop, small rink. 
So these guys were hanging out. It was they were done. They were they were the closers. And excuse me, I'm on my way to work. It's extremely early. Um, so if I ramble, I apologize. You guys know me by now. I'm a rambler. Um, so these guys were closing. There's a guy and a girl, and I think there was a third person, but it doesn't it doesn't matter. So to explain the rink just real quick, it's it's like I said, a single sheet. And to leave the ice rink, there is um, there's like a foyer area when 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 you come in and when you leave. Um, and there's like bars between the entrance and the exit. It, it's kind of confusing, but so there's double swinging doors to go into the foyer, like push doors, metal, and then to walk out there is to walk into the outside. It's the glass with the push bar, the double doors with the metal push bar in the middle. So these guys <clears throat> had just closed up and they were standing outside having a smoke. So if anybody's familiar with an ice rink, they know that the doors to get onto the ice surface, um, like the, the doors that are on the boards, they've got heavy steel latches. I mean, these kids can't really operate them. They're, they're decently heavy. It's, it's not easy to open and close. Okay, so these guys are standing outside, and they hear the door, it's just a single door to the ice surface, the one by the snack bar. They heard it open and close. I mean, that's a distinct noise. It, it can't happen on its own. Um, so they heard that, and they kind of, like, what? You know, in, in the what phase in their mind. And then the next thing they hear, almost simultaneously, um, was those metal doors, the double swinging doors, into the foyer area. And at this point, they're looking at each other, you know, raised eyebrows. And <laughs> the next thing that happened, they were, they were kind of expecting this at this point, or scared of it. The glass double doors to the outside were actually locked. They saw them move. They heard them move like somebody was trying to get out. And there was obviously nobody in the rink. Um, so it went, the metal, the, the, the big heavy board door onto the ice with the metal latch, and then the swinging doors, and then the glass doors. They could actually see them, like, and hear them opening, but they were locked. So, you know, you push on them and, and they're locked, but they do move a little bit. Um, they were really freaked out. <clears throat> My buddy Brendan was working. He actually came in. Now, my rambling has been worth it because I have left one part of the story out on purpose. I've been back there. Um, I left for years, but then got rehired back, thank God. Um, about two months before I started back, there was a guy playing men's league at night, and he literally, I don't know if he had a heart attack, but he literally died on the ice. He was expired when they pulled him off the ice happened in front of everybody. So you take you take that for what it's worth. Um, it's one of the most believable experience. I didn't experience it, but it's it's one of the most believable experiences that has happened around me that, that I'm associated with. Now, about two months ago, no, it was back in April, excuse me, because it was for a little tournament we had. I was just standing up in the front area, in that front foyer area, hanging out with the people that work and 
that were working. <clears throat> and leaned my head into the um, the window into the office where the people pay and everything. And heard three. Uh, I don't think it's a holy trinity type mocking, but I heard three distinct like metal on metal banging. It's a metal it's a metal building, but it was um, like just banging. And it was like up as you would leave the office to walk outside through the door, it would be like up over it to the to the left diagonally, and it was like nobody could be out there hitting a stick. I mean, it was it was up kind of high, and instantly while he heard it, thought of the story, you know, that I just told you, it was like maybe it's rich, and um, that's the guy that passed away, and walked outside, nothing. So, I truly believe that rank is haunted. He was a good guy. We just talked to him like normal. Um, I mean, not like we go in there and talk to him all the time, but it's just, it, it, there's no no ominous, malevolent, malevolent, say that, Tony. Um, it, it's not a, I don't think there's a bad spirit in there. Um, now, real quick, I hope I, I hope, I hope I don't get cut off, but... Um, I almost called you when this happened, but it's not a ghost story. It's something scary, but it's not a ghost story. Two weeks ago, there was a Marine playing. There's a Marine team up from Jacksonville, North Carolina. Um, awesome guys. <clears throat> but he was he was mostly ready. Had his skates on and everything, and just about halfway ready. And he reached down to get something in his bag, and something was not right. Well, the thing that was not right was a live possum in his bag that he had brought all the way, hour and a half down the road from Jacksonville to Wilmington, he decided to transplant a, po a possum. So I, I thought that was hilarious. So he had a, he, he zipped up his bag and had his buddy take it outside. So guys, I really appreciate everything you do. Everybody out there, Richard, Mary, Cisco, Tracker Girl, Sir Edward. I'm trying to remember everybody I can think of right now. You guys are awesome. Let's keep this going. And uh, the cruise, let's plan for 2015. We're doing the, the paranormal cruise. I'm going to be the shuffleboard winner. You guys take care. I'm hanging up. Bye. We're going to if we can find a ghost ship to do a, uh, a cruise on, a, a haunted ship. Oh, they're probably in like the... They'd be really expensive, though. Yeah. They'd be like the, the, the Queen Mary or something, but... Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that, there's we go. That's the haunted ice rink story that he's been talking about for so long. And it's pretty creepy, especially when you think about the the, the doors in secession. Just like somebody's leaving the yeah. ice. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if it is that... Uh, did he say that that gentleman who passed away was prior to this happening, or... What do you mean? The gentleman who passed away at the ice rink? Uh-huh. Did he say that that man passed away uh, before the haunting incident or after the haunting incident? No, it was it was okay, before. Okay, so he was attributing it to the, the haunting. Okay. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, I could very well see, especially with such a new building. Yeah. You know? Oh, very interesting. I find it interesting, though, that a ghost tries the doors. I mean, I completely believe the story. It's yeah. just like... They can just go through things. Why? Why mess Maybe with the doors? Maybe it was actually trying to get attention. You know, that could was be. it was his point. It was you know an accessible thing that could be manipulated, and if he did that, it, you know, he just has the conscious you know thought of well, I'm going to let them know it's not just one door that just happens to be moving here. If I do all of these in a row, they're going to think there's a person that's doing this. It's true. You know, it sounds like a conscious entity of some sort. Yeah. So. 
Thank you for the call and thank you for the story. That was a good one. Uh, Shelly writes in, first off, thank you, Tony and Jenny, for your podcast. I can't get enough of them. Anyway, the reason why I'm here, ever since I can remember, I've uh, always had a big interest in the paranormal and all things ghostly. It's a side effect from growing up with my mother, who always had a fascination with such things herself. My family somehow seems to attract the weird, eerie, or downright spooky there are very few family members that I'm aware of who have not had at least one encounter with spirits or ghosts. I myself have had many, most of which happened in the house I grew up in, my maternal grandmother's house. There's one thing that I've experienced in that house that can be corroborated by other people. The exact same thing happened to my mother, uncle, one of my sisters, grandmother, my son, and me. Four generations with the same experience. We've all heard the voice. Years ago, I was a senior in high school. I was in a co-op program. This meant that I would spend the first four hours of my day in school, have an hour lunch break, then spend the next four hours at work. Since I lived with my grandparents at the time, my grandfather would take me to school and pick me up from work. From Monday through Friday, that was my routine for about nine months. Every day after work, I'd go up to my room and chill out on my bed for a few minutes. That's when it would happen. Never failed. Before I get to that, I have to describe the second floor to you. At the top of the stairs, there are six doors. Just to the left is the door to the attic. The next door you, on your left you pass is the bathroom. Each end of the hallway is a door that opens into smallish, possibly storage rooms that were used as bedrooms. And then there were the two bigger bedrooms. My grandmother's room was the bigger one on the right. I had the one on the left. There was also a common door that connected both rooms, but we both blocked it on our respective sides. If not for that, I might have been so frustrated. So, on to my story. Like, just like clockwork, I went to school in the morning, work in the afternoon, and then would try to relax in my room in the evening. Like I said, it never failed. I'd come home, go upstairs to my room, lay down for a bit. I would start to relax when I would hear my grandmother call my name. In the beginning, I didn't think anything of it because she would be in her room, the origin of the voice. I'd get up, go to her room, ask her what she wanted. My grandmother would just give me the old stink eye and tell me she didn't call me. This happened every day, an average of one to three times a day, and lasted a few months. I don't recall exactly how long because it stopped when I moved out months later. This wasn't the cause of the move, however. The more it happened, the more my grandmother looked at me like I was nuts, the more I thought I was losing my mind. Until one day, my middle sister happened to be at my grandmother's that day. She was with Granny in her bedroom, playing cards with her. I went through my routine after work and went to my room. I think it was a particularly rough day because I was in a foul mood when I got home. I heard her voice again, just like clockwork. I got up, stomped down the hall, stopped outside her bedroom doorway. Yeah, Grandma? I said in exasperation, just like usual. I got the stink eye and was told she didn't call me. My sister had this odd look on her face and said, I heard you too, but it sounded like it came from Shelley's room. I never felt so happily vindicated in my life. Since then, my mom and uncle have heard my grandmother's voice call my mom's name. My son has heard it call his name using my voice. My grandmother even heard my mom call her name. All of them had the same results. No one called anyone of us. No one we could see anyway. Well, that's just one of my many 
stories I have. Most of the others are a little longer because they took place over a period of days, weeks, or months. And others are shorter. Either way, I still like to tell my stories, especially this time of year. Thank you for reading, Shelley. I think that's really weird that they could all hear that. I wonder how often that sort of thing happens. Because I can remember many a times, too, as a kid, where it's like I thought my name was being called and go and ask. And I never never attributed to anything paranormal. Sure. But I could have sworn I heard my name being called. Mm-hmm. Is that a kid thing? I don't know. She sounded pretty, you know, pretty yeah, she was mature. Older, yeah. You know, she was in high school. So I wouldn't think that I could see little kids, you know, little kids can sure. do funny things. But for the, it to happen that often and then for other people to hear it. Every that, single day. Yeah. That's so weird. It's a, I mean, it, it sounds like something that's able to, you know, manipulate its voice or whatever its sound is to different people to take on the sound of other individuals, not just the grandma alone. Right. But getting the stink eye. You like that? I like that term, <laughs> the stink eye from grandma. Ah, uh, yes. 855-853-4802. That's the phone number to call in with your real ghost stories to real ghost stories online. We'd absolutely love to hear your story sometime. Uh, let's go to another caller. Hi, you are on the air. Hi, Tony. Um, this happened almost 20 years ago. My wife and I were living in San Antonio. I was in the military down there. And we were renting an apartment. It was in a nice neighborhood. And strange things would happen in the house, in the neighbor, in, in the apartment. We'd hear things. We, we just never really paid attention to those neighbors upstairs. One day I was home early, sleeping on the couch. And I heard someone walking in the apartment. I thought it was my wife. I get up and I look and there's nobody there. Well, my wife comes home a little bit later and I told her. I heard, thought I heard someone walking. Well, she looked around and there was behind one of our chairs two foot, two set, a set of footprints, like a, a, a child-sized shoes, like a child was standing there. And it was so weird because we had no kids at the time. And there was nobody in the house. We never had any children in the house. And where this was, it was really hard to access. And it creeped her out. And it creeped, so she grabbed the sweeper real quick and sweeped up the, ran the sweeper over the rug and it just got rid of the footprints. But uh, after that, weird things would start really happening in the apartment. The toilets would flush. Well, that, that can be explained by plumbing, I guess. But uh, one day we had a, a broken fan and we left it in our bedroom. And we came home from work that night and it was fixed and we thought well the apartment manager's in and fixed it my wife saw the saw the manager later and he you know she thanked him for fixing the fan and he said i wasn't in your apartment so somehow this fan was mysteriously fixed while we were gone so it's it was just the most bizarre place we ever lived in and actually moved we never had any more experiences like that but for some reason about that apartment it was just really haunted but that was my story and it's just been something creepy we've had we've always told people about forever so all right thanks love your show bye well it sounds like it was a helpful little ghost yeah and little footprints there you almost like want to invite it in and have some uh oreos yeah (laughs) something here you want to fix the fan have an oreo that's (laughs) kind of neat yeah it's interesting in a haunted apartment I, i you would think just by you know sheer numbers 
I guess, you know, that apartments would be, especially older apartments, would be very haunted places just because of all the different types of energy. And if you're going to go on, you know, the odds of a haunted person being in there, uh, you know, literally a living haunted person, um, you know, or someone sticking around after they're gone, after they've passed on, you'd think there'd be a lot of it. Yeah, I would think so. I had a uh, an apartment that I lived in. Um, uh, it was primarily I was like I was like one of the very few younger residents there. It was I almost felt like I was living in like an assisted living facility almost. <laughs> it was just an older apartment building. And it was a good rent, and uh, I think a lot of the residents had been there for. 30 40 years and they oh, were wow. i think they were nearing the end of their their tenancy just based on age so that means somebody died to open up your apartment uh probably yeah i mean i it was kind of cozy i didn't really ever get a ghostly feeling but i had a woman that was uh, below me that absolutely like hated me walking across the apartment like anything you did she would sit there and she'd take a broom and hit the ceiling <laughs> and i don't know if it was just i mean and i really didn't have parties or anything like that like literally you could just be sitting there walking you could turn the tv on and not anything ridiculously loud she hated it and just banging on the ceiling and screaming and it happened all the time and uh uh, i i never did actually get face to face with her because i don't think she ever left her apartment but it did make me kind of wonder a little bit like wouldn't it be creepy if we found out like no one lived downstairs (laughs) That would be, that'd be a good story. <laughs> because I never did see the woman, ever. So I couldn't tell you what she looks like. I just kind of have it in my mind, this envision of this, you know, crotchety, bitter old woman, you know, that hates the world. But I really don't know. Like Sophia from the uh, Golden Girls. Yeah, I could see that. You know, it's just very <laughs> angry, wheeling around, hitting the ceiling. But um, maybe it's a ghost story and I don't even know it. Yeah, that could be a possibility. Melissa writes in, in the late 90s through the early 2000s, I lived in Baltimore in a Baltimore neighborhood called Fells Point. It's a cool area. Lots of old buildings in the 1700s and 1800s and streets paved with uh, Belgian block. Is that correct? I think Belgian so. Belgian block. Uh, B-A-L-G-I-A-N. I think so. Okay. Anyway, my dad had been to visit me there, and he told me that he wanted a T-shirt from a pub that we had visited called Cat's Eye and his Christmas as his Christmas present. So I went down to Cat's Eye early one morning before work to get the T-shirt. When I walked into the bar, I was the only one there besides the bartender. He was a tall, thin man who resembled Abraham Lincoln to a great degree. He was very distinctive looking. We chatted for a few minutes, bought the T-shirt, and I left. Didn't think anything more about it. A few years later, while researching stories for a ghost tour that a friend and I wanted to start, I went back to Cat's Eye to conduct some interviews because we'd heard of some strange happenings there. I talked to the bartenders on duty for a bit. Then I asked him if the tall, thin guy who works mornings was still there. He'd been so friendly that I wanted to talk to him again. The female bartender looked at me strangely and asked me to describe the man that I'd spoken with. I gave her a description, adding that he looked a lot like Abraham Lincoln. So she had to know who he was. Oh, I know who he was all right, she told me. But the thing is, he died eight years ago. His name was Jeff Knapp, and he worked here as a bartender in the morning shift for 30 years. You can imagine how surprised I was when she pointed to a photo that I hadn't noticed before hanging behind the bar. It was him all right. How could this have happened? The man I spoke with did not look ghostly in the slightest. He took my money and gave me change. 
To this day, I have no idea what happened and how I could possibly have met someone that had been dead for years. This story and many others, although none of our other stories are my own personal experiences like this one, are on our ghost tour. Uh, and it uh, looks like they have a ghost tour, uh, BaltimoreGhostTours.com, so if you're in the Baltimore area, that'd be an interesting one to check out. Um, creepy. What's creepier, ghosts that look like ghosts or ghosts that you can't tell the difference and they can actually count you back change? That's the scary part. Mm-hmm. I mean, because then that really opens up the whole who's a ghost thing. I mean, anybody could be a ghost then. Yeah. You know, if you're looking at it that way. And that, that yeah, that is the... That's the creepier prospect for me is not knowing who's alive and who's dead. Exactly. You know, uh, have you ever been in a situation where you where you questioned if the person you were interacting with was alive? Uh, no. Um, but there was one person that you and I both interacted with, actually on our honeymoon, that he seemed like he was just from a different lifetime. Oh, the uh, the waiter. Yeah, he was. He was kind of ghostly and creepy. Uh huh. But you knew he was supposed to be there, and all his coworkers knew he was supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. He's kind of pale looking. Very, I mean, th- he was very astute and very, uh, uh, what would be the right word to use? He looked just like, for anybody that knows the characters of Twilight, looked just like the dad from Twilight. Not, not Bella's dad, but the, the doctor. Okay. Very pale, very light-colored hair, just mm-hmm. kind of... Super yeah. polite, super proper would be yeah. the word. Uh, for pro- I think proper is it, for what I'm, what I'm trying to say as far as... And, and you would need to be in this restaurant that we were dining at, because we ate at the, the restaurant that was uh, on the Celebrity Cruise Line. It was the SS Normandy. Yeah. And they had a bunch of uh, pieces from that ship, uh, from the, their original dining room, in this dining room. Um, that's why they call it the Normandy, which is pretty cool. And we're in old ships, and that was just neat. And he seemed like he probably could have been off the Normandy. Yeah, he really did. And it wasn't just his mannerisms. He actually, the way he spoke, he almost said things like, mm-hmm. the way he worded things was like the way they used to word things, not the way people say things now. What I like the most about is how he kind of floated across the dining he room floor. He did not float. <laughs> At first, I thought, oh my God, he's a ghost. But then he had those shoes on with the roller skates on the bottom. <laughs> Just to give the appearance. Okay. <laughs> What's up with those, by the way? Are kids still wearing those things? I hate those Oh, things. those Healy shoes? Yeah. No. Okay. I haven't seen a kid on those in a long time. It just seems like the greatest way to injure yourself. Yeah. I, I couldn't I injure myself on regular roller skates. I couldn't imagine having those like in everyday shoes when I'm going around. I'd be dead. Yeah. If I, I, I would be dead. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Hi. Hi, Tony. This is... Jay, I called uh, last week from Maryland about the home where the family was massacred and my mother was upset and I called her and she's like, don't go back to that house. Well, I wanted to call back and talk about um, uh, going up in a haunted house down in Georgia, uh, a small town. Um, my brother and I were probably about around the ages of 8 and 10 when we moved into this home. It was a big home that set up kind of like on a hill. It was like uh, about three bedrooms, 
which are all situated on one side of the home, and then on the, which was the right side, and on the left side, you had the living room, um, bathroom, and dining room area, and the farm back, the kitchen, it was on one level home, but it was an older house. Um, I talked to the brother last week. I gave him a call. I told him about calling him to the radio show and uh, telling him about the uh, home in Maryland. Um, I live in Maryland. My brother and uh, mom all still live in Georgia. But anyway, I asked him, I said, you remember uh, that house we used to live in? I said, you remember how it was scary as hell, right? He was like, yeah. <laughs> um, my mother told me when I talked to her last week, she said she didn't believe at first the things that we were saying that we saw. And at the age that we were, we didn't know anything about ghosts, you know, at that young age. We just knew that we saw something. We saw a person or we saw a man or we heard noise. We never said ghosts. So growing up in this, this house, it was uh, surrounded uh, on two sides by wooded area. In the rear was a uh, fence with uh, tree lines, a uh, fence area with homes behind that. But uh, the home never, it, it, it only had light on the front porch. The rest of the home around it was, it was at night, it was really dark. Uh, uh, there was a big tree that was right in front that always, every time there was a real, real bad storm, it would uh, get struck by lightning. I remember crying as a kid, saying, Mom, please, we, we got to get out of this house. Please take us somewhere or, or just move to another house. It was so scary um, seeing, um, experiencing, um, sleeping in bed with my brother and him waking up and saying, Hey, Jay, look, and, and both of us sitting up and down at the, the bottom at least the foot area of the bed, there was a chair near the wall, and there was this lady sitting in the chair, and she was completely white. And we were both sitting there looking at her, and she was like, uh, I guess it was like she spilled something, like a person would have spilled something, and they had a mop, and instead of them standing, she was sitting, and she was pushing the mop back and forth, and you could hear the swishing sound of the mop. It, it was really frightening. She never looked up at us. All I remember is just laying back down and pulling the covers over my head, and that was it. Well, that was one experience. The other experience was we shared a room with my uncle, and his bed was across from ours next to the window. And one of our relatives had passed, and his wife gave my uncle uh, his vehicle. And the car didn't run, but it my uncle had it sitting in the backyard and sometimes we'd be sitting in the house and we had the windows open in the summer and it was completely dark outside and somebody said, hey, look, the lights are on on the car. The car's been sitting there. never ran uh, for uh, as long as I can remember, but the lights would be on. The rear lights would be on on this car like as though someone had gotten the car and they were holding the brakes down. Um, there was an experience where we would come home, my brother and I, from school, be there by ourselves, and we'd be in the back. The kitchen was all the way in the back of the house, and one afternoon, we heard someone walk up on the front porch. The porch was made of wood, and we thought it 
was my uncle who worked for a uh, factory, and he always wore work boots because you could hear the heavy sound of uh, someone wearing boots coming up on the porch. We heard the front door open, and then we heard someone walking through the house, and they were coming toward the kitchen. So we started calling for our uncle. We called his name a couple of times. He never answered. We kind of came out of the kitchen to appear. We walked through the bedroom. We, we didn't see anybody. We took off running. We tore out of that house running. We ran up the street to my aunt who lived a couple of uh, blocks up the street, and she came down, and she walked through the house. She didn't see anybody. So, you know, we sat outside until someone came home, and, and it was just, you know, unbelievable. Um, I remember sleeping, having moved to the front bedroom where my mother was. We were sleeping in the room where she was, and, and I remember waking one night, and next to the side of the bed where I was sleeping, there was a, uh, a wall, and there was space between the bed and the wall. So when I opened my eyes and looked towards the wall, there was someone sitting next to the bed. There was a suitcase on the side of the bed. It was big enough. It was one of those older hard suitcases, and the person was sitting. They were completely white, and they were sitting there just watching me, and during the summertime when it was hot, my mother took all the covers off the bed and the pillows, <laughs> and I didn't have any covers to pull over my head, but I was up falling up in a knot and put my arms over my head and just closing my eyes tight. It was so horrifying. I remember also going in the bathroom and uh, taking a bath, and when I was done, I could not come out of that bathroom. I was so afraid. I just started screaming, and my aunt who happened to be there. She came in, and she was like, what's going on? And I, I just couldn't tell. I was just falling, just crying. And I remember also experience where we were all sitting in the living room, my mother, my uncle, grandmother, my brothers, we were watching TV. And one of the rooms to the opposite side of the house with a bathroom, the room, uh, the door, there was a door to that room. And it was always cool on that side of the house, but that, that little room and the dining room area were on that side of the house. And it always stayed cool. Never thought anything about it because, you know, with being a kid, you just knew that that side of the house was cool. I asked my brother if you remember that. He said, yeah. But we were sitting in the living room watching TV and that door just all of a sudden it just came open as though someone opened it to walk into the living room. It stayed open for a few minutes and then it closed back. And we were just sitting there. Nobody said anything. <laughs> and we just continue watching TV. Also, uh, I remember also recall going to the grocery store with my mom and she bought some ice cream and she asked me to, to walk around to the house and take the ice cream home and put it in the freezer. And you know, I was a kid and I wasn't thinking about anything. So it was dark. So I walked home to go in and put the ice cream away, and when I got to the front of the house, there were steps that went from the side of the street almost all the way up to the front porch, and as I was going up the steps, uh, behind that tree, I saw this old woman, and she was peering from behind the tree, and I just started 
breathing. And I ran out in the street and I almost ran in front of a car and got hit. But I was out there screaming. My mother finally came up and she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I, just, I saw this lady and she was looking at me. But it, it was just a very eerie house. It eventually uh, burned down about two years ago. Um, and uh, one other thing, my uncle, my mother finally got a, a new home built. My uncle stayed there by his himself and um one night he came in late and he said he went in the house and he said there was this man in the house and he said he was like you know he confronted the guy about being in the house and they started you know fighting and he said all of a sudden the man just said boy you haven't touched me not one time my uncle just tore out of the house he ran up to where we moved, it wasn't that far away, but he ran up to, to our home, and it was a couple of days before he even went back. But eventually, he went back, and his uh, fiance moved in with him. But that house was very, very scary. My mother said uh, last week, she said, I never believed it. And she said, I knew that we were seeing things. She even uh, admitted herself that she was seeing things. I guess she didn't want to tell us because we were kids us, but she said she, her, my grandmother, and my uncle, they were all seeing and hearing things as well. And she said she told her sister, my aunt, that, hey, I got to get my kids out of here because I don't like the way that they're, you know, they're being uh, afraid of the house now, crying and standing there scared. And I'm going to just tell you, I was so happy when we moved out of that house. Um, I'm on my way to work. The noise you hear in the back is probably uh, road noise, and I will call back with some ex a few experiences from the new home that we uh, eventually moved into right up the street. And uh, thank you uh, for listening, and have a great day. Well, it's interesting that the house burned down, and then... Uh I'm wondering if, if occurrences have continued in the new home. I don't know. Because that's, you know, what, what we've heard is when you have something or a building or an object or something that's containing some sort of a dark entity, uh, destroying it doesn't destroy the entity. It just kind of moves on back to either continue following you by going into something else or moves back into the atmosphere and picks a new target. Well, I'm glad he clarified in the last part there that his mom knew what was going on because he had said in his first mm -hmm. call about how she was real sensitive and real tied into yeah. them and, and things around her. And so I was like, how did she not feel that? And I'm glad he, yeah. he said, no, she knew about it. She's trying to keep him calm, right? Yeah. 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 Let's get another letter. It says, hey guys, I'm a super fresh listener to your show. I literally found out about you today and I have already listened to about four or five old recordings. It wouldn't be an exaggeration to say I'm loving it already about my story. I just listened to your podcast and somebody shared their story about how they sensed their grandfather's death. I have a similar story that I'd like to share with you, and it too revolves around the passing of my beloved grandfather. Now, I don't know how it is in other countries, but in Bulgaria, where I'm from, a lot of people believe in meanings behind dreams. I am one of those people, and oftentimes I've had things in my dreams warn me. I've had deja vu moments that come from dreams, etc. Of course, 
There were times where I'd have a dream that, according to books, means something, yet nothing actually happens. This is one of those cases. This story happens a few years back while I was still living with my parents. I slept in the river in the living room at the time since my father's parents moved in with us and they took my room. One night, I had a strange dream that I can't recall clearly aside from the fact that my teeth were falling out. According to Dream Decrypting, sorry, English isn't my first language, books losing teeth in a dream is a sign of death. I've had a lot of those dreams throughout my life teeth dreams not recently but yeah I, i've i've always had those yeah i hate those dreams yeah and my concern is like how expensive is this gonna be really <laughs> not necessarily well as, as an adult first, not having dental insurance <laughs> my first concern was always can this be fixed yeah and i don't even know a whole lot about it. i just know almost anything i think can be fixed in the world with dental it's just i i don't know you know what needs to be done, how it needs to be done, what sort of maintenance needs to be done with any sort of... I've just had good teeth my whole life. I'm really lucky. Yeah. But uh, my my grandmother always had her teeth in her cup that she'd put out. Ew. <laughs> I know that they do that, but they don't have to do that in they don't? front of kids. Well, they have to take them out, but they don't have to do it in front of us, or not us kids, but when we were little. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just something they just to get the reaction. Yeah. I'd so love to do that. Or, or like be the uncle and I don't know I'm trying to think what was it from where the uncle would pop out the fake eyeball and gross out the kids was that from a movie or is that something from my real life where somebody had an uncle who actually did that I don't know I don't know for sure I think it was from a movie but I could be completely wrong or it could be like a story of like a cousin or somebody I don't know Continuing on, the very next morning, I woke up to the sounds of somebody crying and hearing voices in the kitchen. I woke up to see my mother crying and my other grandpa trying to calm her down. Of course, you can imagine my confusion, especially since I have just woken up. I asked what happened and my mother embraced me and told me her father passed away this morning. Now, I wouldn't go into details about his funeral and so forth because I'll get real emotional, but this isn't the end of the story. A little backstory before I tell you the rest. My mother originally comes from a small town and I spent most of my childhood there due to family issues. Between my parents, my mother is the youngest out of the three sisters and I am one of the four grandchildren. My grandfather spent most of his time with me. Everybody tells me I was his favorite granddaughter and he indeed spent most of his time with me while my grandmother and aunt would work in the garden. He was paralyzed from the waist down, so he couldn't really help out with field work. He was also the one who taught me how to read when I was five. So back to the present, about a year later, and maybe even a bit more, I moved out of our house and went to study in university. One night, I had a dream where I was visiting my grandparents' house in the country and could hear somebody saying my name from a room under the house. This is where the kitchen is located, and my grandfather used to live there during winter, since it was warmer than his usual room. It's also the same room he passed away in. As I peek through one of the tiny windows of the room, I can see my grandpa sitting on a chair in the middle of the room and asking me to help him with an errand or two, and of course, I did. In the morning, curious from the unusual dream, I called my mother, since it had been a few months after my grandpa's death. I told her the story about my dream with the teeth. She became really upset and asked me if grandfather requested me to go with him. I became confused, and she sounded clearly upset, but assured her that he only asked me for some help. He never told me to follow him or anything, and 
she calmed down. Apparently, if you see somebody who's passed away in your dream and they're calling for you, it's an announcement of your own death. Just in case, a few days later, I contacted a clairvoyant person or a psychic who can read dreams, and I asked her about the meaning, just to be sure and on the safe side. She told me that it is pretty common for people who have passed away to go back and visit relatives they miss. My grandfather probably just stopped by for a visit. So this is my little story. I might drop by again to tell you a few others, not so touching ones. Thanks again for the great podcast. I hope you have a great day. Naomi. I think I'm going to freak out if I dream about my teeth. You're going to dream about your teeth tonight. Probably. It's not pleasant when you lose your teeth in your dreams. It really feels real. Yeah. See, I don't know that I'm dreaming until I actually wake up. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's that's good. That I was like, just a dream. I check my teeth after I have those dreams. Really? I'm like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm concerned that like maybe like I, I broke a tooth in a dream or like, you know, like if I mash my teeth together. I don't I don't think I mash my teeth together. No. Uh, but um, But I'm concerned when I have that dream that something happened. Just in case. I'm like checking them so does it check in the mirror just in case if it's a front tooth no that doesn't go with the other story of you don't check the mirror at night well if that happens i check the mirror at night but i turn the light on okay i'm cool with checking mirrors with lights on i'm not so cool with checking mirrors with the lights off and just moonlight coming through the fogged windows that 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 just creates (laughs) shadows It creates so many things that really could be absolutely nothing, but I could construe as something and just get freaked out by. Okay. I also used to not uh, hang my hands or feet off the bed mm-hmm. or put them uh, up by the bed frame because I was afraid something would grab them. I did get over that, but I still do not check the mirrors at night. Okay. Do you? No. There's no reason to. <laughs> You look at me like I'm crazy. You're like, no, I don't. Well, you like make a point out of not doing it. Yeah. I just don't do it just because I'm I'm just barely awake anyway. I'm just ready okay. to get back yeah, to sleep. Yeah, you are kind of walking deadish at that point. From like the hour before I actually fall asleep to about an hour after I get up, I have yeah. no memory. It's like I can't, like if I tell you something, it, it's like, I think you told me something about this or that. And either you'll, and I'll know if you're, you're not, in, you're out of it. You're like, okay, yeah, uh-huh. And then I'll, okay, she won't remember, I'll just have to tell you tomorrow. But sometimes you'll actually, we can have a conversation. Really? And then, and then I'll actually think, oh, she'll remember that, she seems pretty awake. And then you still don't remember it. It literally is, it's like a time cutoff. Yeah, I, I don't know why that is, but I've always been like that. Yeah. Olivia's like that. Yeah, I don't know. Another letter here. Hey guys, discovered your show purely by accident last year while looking up ghost stories on YouTube and have since become a regular listener. I love your show and the way you take the topic seriously, but also with a good dose of humor and compassion for the people who have submitted their stories. One of the experiences that I've had so far happened when I was a little kid in 1988 when I was eight years old. Around that age, I went through a period of time when I was afraid to sleep in my own bed. I never felt comfortable in my bedroom, regardless of whether it was daytime or nighttime. I always felt that someone was just behind me, looking at me. But of course, when I would look over my shoulder, no one was there. Anyways, I remember vividly climbing into my parents' bed one night, and almost as soon as I was settled, hearing the sound of a little girl somewhere else in the house calling to my cat, whose name was Sarah. Whoever this was called, come here, Sarah, come here. And I remember hearing my cat meowing back. 
A moment later, I saw in the reflection of a framed poster on my parents' wall, which was hung directly opposite of the bedroom door, a bright, large light moving outside their door in the direction of the upstairs hallway that led to the other bedrooms in the stairwell. On a side note, everyone else in the house was asleep and there were no televisions or radios on. In terms of the light that I saw, we lived in a very quiet subdivision where if a car had been passing, I would have heard it. Never mind the fact that the reflected light that I witnessed moved and looked like a, uh, it looked nothing like a car light. It only happened that once and I remember being more annoyed at whoever it was that uh, thought they could play with my cat rather than being scared. Another time, in a different house, I looked up from where I was at my bed to see a shadowy figure glide into my room. Again, I wasn't really scared by this, more curious than anything else. I said, for now, there have been other experiences that I'll write about another time. Thank you. I think that's sad the little ghost just wanted to play with her cat. I would... See, that's going to be an advantage of being a ghost right there. Probably not having cat allergies. Yeah, you can have all the cats you want then. I'm going to be a cat ghost, like a crazy old cat ghost person, okay. man. There'll be like just hordes of cats that love me because I'll like pet them and play with them. It'll be like Kitty Land Love Center and we'll just walk around. You know, there'll be like fields of cats wandering and like, why is there these cats just like going in this pack? And is that a shadowy figure? It's me. Do you get all your pets back when you die? I don't know. I don't know if I want all my pets back when I die. I just I want to pick some. Yeah. Would you want all your pets back when you die? Um, probably. I had good pets. I had really good pets. I think most of mine were good, but there's a couple I could I could do without. Yeah. Probably. They're burning in an inferno now. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> that's a, how nice those pets are. No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I mean, I, do you get your own pets back, or are they in their own little world, and do you get reunited? I don't, I don't know. It's interesting. It's an interesting thought. I wonder if anyone who's had a near-death experience got to see their pets. I don't know. At that those last couple of moments. Someone, I want to hear about yeah, that. Someone can enlighten us on that one. Uh, if you're not an EPP yet, please become one to support the show. It keeps us alive. The show alive. Uh, we're not going to harm ourselves if you don't become an EPP. But we'd really appreciate it if you did become one. Um, and it's 5 bucks a month or it's uh, 60 bucks a year. Whatever uh, suits you best, you get 52 bonus episodes if you go for the full year. Uh, so not a bad thing there. Uh, check it out, realghoststoriesonline.com. For Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thank you for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.